Young and Lazy are a brand new clothing brand aimed to bridge the gap between entrepreneurship and the next generation of crypto specialists, gamers and footballers. The type to monetize their personal brand, compete in tournaments and invest in NFTs. If you're interested in any of those fields, the handle is at youngandlazy underscore on both Twitter and Instagram. The ambassadors they have on are next level and the collector's edition hoodie will be dropping on the 10th of December. Tag me in your stories or mention me when making a purchase and you'll receive 10% off. Thanks for sponsoring this podcast. YEN, otherwise known as the Young Entrepreneurs Network, is a community and support network for businessmen and businesswomen that provides you with all the necessities that you need to move forward as an aspiring startup entrepreneur, especially in Scotland or in the UK. YEN's aim is to change lives and businesses through the scope of high-performing environments and a serious obsession with personal and business development. The founder, John Hamilton, who's based in Glasgow, great guy, has created this company from scratch and now has members all across the UK. You need to find them on at YEN Networking on Instagram and John Hamilton on LinkedIn. Mention Development by David for a free business workshop. Welcome to the Development by David podcast, Robin Jones. How are you? I am probably still drunk, but like we're thriving. <laughs> so we're off to a great start. I don't know if I'm hungover, jet lagged or drunk. I was up late last night recording and editing a podcast and I felt quite um, tired this morning, but you floated in here cracking jokes, complimenting my jumper. So the energy is off to a good start. I always bring the energy. That's one of like my main things is like, you know, even if I'm drunk, like I'll still (laughs) show up driving. (laughs) I find it so weird that both you and I live in and around Glasgow, but the first time we met, we were in London. Yeah, it was such a bizarre experience. Like, I feel like I never meet people where I'm supposed to meet them. Like, I always meet them in, like, cooler places or, like, there's always some sort of, like, cool story as to, like, how I met everyone in my life. So I feel like that's on brand for me. Do you feel like because of the nature of your work that you have pockets of pals all over the world? Yeah, like I definitely do. Like I was just in New York and in London. Like I stayed with both my friends while I was there. Um, One of my girlfriends has like a gorgeous house in New York. And then I was staying with one of my friends who also has a house in London. So I was like, this is amazing. So if I don't like stay in a hotel, I just stay with friends. That's amazing. That's That's the ultimate leverage. I feel like over the last few weeks since first meeting you, We've become like best pals. Obviously. I mean, I become best pals with everyone. I feel like it's like just something that I like to do. Like I've met a lot of my followers that I've like become really close friends with. But also I find like if you meet someone and their energy is good, you just kind of like roll with it. You know, like you you get closer to them as time goes on rather than apart. Definitely. And I hope that serves me well to unravel the layers of your story. I want to get this podcast (laughs) online dating and online dating amazing love that for us and i want the listeners to almost have the same level of friendliness that you and i have definitely i feel like we'll be really nice to you guys <laughs> so to achieve that can you give the listeners a lowdown of who robin jones is today oh, in God. 2021 yeah okay so i feel like who i am changes like every day i feel like i like kind of just roll with it and decide who i am that day you know like you put on an outfit you feel like a bad bitch you're that de- that girl that day you know you have a netflix day you're human burrito you're <laughs> you're a fucking depresso that day you're that girl that day um i 
I've definitely like changed over the years, but I think I've like really come into my own being like a single girl in her mid twenties. I feel like honestly, I'm like thriving, just living life. Like I feel like a lot of people always see my life and they're like, oh, like, why are you doing that? And I'm like, I don't know. I just say yes to things. Like, listen, who wouldn't say yes to traveling the world and like working your ass off to enjoy life? So what would you say your standard job title is in? Oh God! Um, <laughs> Not many well, people have that's a weird question. Um, I would say content creator, on-air lifestyle expert, and just a professional fuck girl. <laughs> a professional fuck girl. A professional fuck girl for sure. Okay, okay. Describe that for me. Um, someone that like. <laughs> I feel like my friends would describe me a lot better with this, but like someone that like notoriously has a really bad dating life and just like always seems to get into chaos. So I always describe my life to people. I'm like, listen, it's like a bad rom-com episode of Gossip Girl just gone wrong. I'm like Blair and I'm just hanging out, like living life and doing like the most ridiculous things most of the time. And from the outside and just hearing that, You'd think if you didn't know you, that sounds very low impact, but you travel the world collaborating with some of the biggest brands and hotels. Definitely. And I have been for years. And I feel like when people meet me, like I try not ever call myself an influencer because there's this like really bad stigma behind it that like all we do is like post photos and like do nothing. But like no one actually understands like the work that goes into content creation and stuff like that. So I always try and like give the influencer name like a better name and also like not call myself that. Also, when people like generally ask me my job, I just say like I work in digital marketing. They're like, oh, what do you do? I work in digital marketing. <laughs> and then you can kind of just go from there. What are some of the highlights from your time doing that? Um, oh my God, there's so many. I mean, Fashion Week is always a highlight for me. I feel like that's like such a cool experience. It's like definitely Devil Wears Prada vibes. You go into places, you're like surrounded by models, you're surrounded by designers. You're like in these moments where you're like, oh my God, like how did I even get in here? <laughs> like who invited me? Um, so I feel like Fashion Week is always like a highlight. Any sort of travel experience is always really cool. Like I feel like there's no one particular point that I've been like, this is it. I've made it. You know what I mean? It's probably because there's so many of them these days. Like you were, when I met you, you were staying in the Shangri-La and the Shard. Yeah, that was <laughs> cool. So um, one of my friends actually from the States was over here and she's like an amazing photographer. So um, she had said we were staying in the Shangri-La and I like didn't even put two and two together that it was the Shard until I like got to London. And I was like, hey, are we staying in the shard? She's like, yeah. I was like, okay, cool, sweet. <laughs> like literally forced got my way into situations sometimes. What do you think the perception and assumptions are of the general population of one influencer is? <laughs> well, I think they're probably pretty bad. Like, like I said, I think people just think we like post naked photos and do nothing on the internet. Um, I think generally speaking, people don't actually like understand the work that goes into it. Like they don't see the bad shit. Like no one posts them crying watching Netflix when people don't pay on time or like <laughs> no one posts when they're too drunk and like at an event and like can't do their job, you know, like, there's been tons of times where I've been like at events for work, like even Coachella was like such a nightmare um, that like the logistical nightmare, like all of it was a logistical nightmare. Like they put you in a desert, you have no service and then you have a bunch of content deliverables. Like when do you put this up? Like 
who it I feel like a lot of it is just chaos and you're kind of like okay this is my job now so I feel like you wear many hats as an influencer but generally speaking I feel like people just think we like post naked photos on the internet and get paid to do nothing it sounds like you need to do a lot of digital firefighting yeah almost definitely what's the kind of standard content pack that you would create for a brand or uh, someone that's sponsoring you so it totally depends because every brand will have like different needs you'll have different needs with every brand as well so it's kind of like there's a negotiation process that goes back and forth um so generally like a brand will hire you for like content creation or content awareness or like in my case i get paid for like tv segments as well um so it kind of just depends on the contract so it can be anything from like a few stories to like a 10-month partnership so I've kind of done a bit of everything in that sort of regards. It's strange to think that you've done all that whilst working or living in not even Glasgow City Centre just outside of it but you've partnered with Vogue and worldwide brands like (laughs) how did you manage moving to Scotland it was and chaos. continuing <laughs> those huge collaborations and growing them. So I think one of the things that like people don't understand is that this job is about networking. Like it's not about, I mean, it is about your numbers and it is about your aesthetic. It is about that stuff. But at the end of the day, like it honestly is about who you know, like how good you are at networking, whether you can get yourself into places that you need to be at certain times and whether you're talking to the right person. So I feel like generally, like I've been in the business for probably about five or six years now, coming up on six years. And you kind of learn when the moment is to like talk to someone to like put yourself forward for those things or like if you're at fashion week like getting photographed is like one of the big things so you basically like plan your outfits a month in advance and then like walk in front of street photographers at the right time and then you end up in magazines <laughs> oh, that's awesome but at what point like some people might be thinking oh that sounds great but you have 90 plus thousand followers you have yeah. a resume or a cv to go on and do that but some people don't How did they start that kind of networking journey? So um, I think it depends on every person. I think one of the biggest um, kind of advice pieces that I was ever given was um, I basically like left my job that was like a salary desk job. I had like no plans. I was living with a shitty ex-boyfriend, like literally living off this man. It was not a high time in my life. Um, But someone gave me advice and they said, listen, if you can't find a job that fits you, make one. And so I kind of like took it to heart and like, actually created my job like where I'm from in Canada is not an exciting place like (laughs) I live in the middle of buttfuck nowhere (laughs) like when they say it in French on like you know because in Canada it's bilingual so they say like Edmonton and then they go Deadmonton is what it is in (laughs) French it was like amazing um so that's where I grew up so I remember like honestly it was really weird like even telling my parents I was like listen So I'm going to post my photos on the internet and get paid for this. (laughs) Like my dad's a neuroscientist. So my mom works in HR for the government. Like they were like, okay, okay, great. So I think just like, just do it. Um, You kind of have to work at it. Like, honestly, when I first started, I was putting in like 90 hour work weeks just to like get my content out there, like posting all the time, Um, you know, like different Instagram strategies, figuring out different hashtags, what works, what doesn't, like what people respond to and what they don't. At what point did your parents go, aha, this is why she made that move? Um, 
when McDonald's signed a contract with me, I was on a three-year term contract with McDonald's back home in Canada. And I remember my dad, we were sitting down at dinner and he goes, but you're not cool enough to like do this for a living. I was like, thanks dad. <laughs> Love that for me. Um, but it was definitely that moment when I like signed the contract and I was like, see, this is the money that I'm making from doing this. And they were like, oh, okay. So you can actually do this as a career. And I was like, well, I'm going to try. So. And I think a piece of advice that I have on that, and it's just based on reflections from my podcast, and it kind of ties into the next topic that we're going to, going to go into. I call this concept assume attraction, and I use Ooh. it, or I have used it in the dating world, but I, I use it more predominantly in the networking world. I presume that the person I'm approaching, the lead, whether it's a partner at the firm I work for, whether it's a CEO of an organization that I want to get on to the podcast or a celebrity such as Andy King who came on the other the other day there, I have this assume attraction approach. And that means that I assume that they will receive as much value from me as they will provide me. I like that. And by doing that, I present a more confident, more robust, more charismatic version of myself. And I present a truer self to that person. And then they see some sort of idiosyncrasy in me that probably relates to them that yeah. I wouldn't have displayed otherwise. And then you create this kind of mutual bond and you leverage that for them coming on your show or you getting totally. a pay rise or promotion or you getting uh, a feature in a magazine. <laughs> um, and it's funny how you can use that in the dating world. You can go into a date and assume that the other person's attracted to you and you do the exact same with them. Yeah, I mean, I think like generally speaking, you're like your aura or like your energy like you definitely attract what you put out there like I'm super into manifesting which is like totally ridiculous um but I really believe that like you know if you want it bad enough or like if you're doing the right things like it'll just kind of come to you you just have to make sure that you're like putting in the work or like doing the things like doing the steps to get there and I also think that like generally I'm probably a pretty naive person in that sense so like I go into every conversation being like we're gonna be besties forever like this is a done deal like no matter who it is and that's kind of how I like approach business which has its upsides and its downsides for sure um but I just generally think going into things like expecting good things from people rather than shit going south is a better way to go about it and is there a mirror image of that in the dating world does that totally <laughs> totally I don't think anyone goes into a date being like this dude's gonna be a fuck up and I'm gonna like regret this and want to talk to my friends about this like no one thinks that like <laughs> listen, this date is going to end poorly and I'm going to have to use my emergency call to get out of it. Like no one ever goes into it like that. Why would you say yes to the date in the first place? You just patch it. You'd be like, nah, fuck this. I'm not going. So sometimes those experiences come as a byproduct. You be you go in blind and then these funny experiences happen. But the funny thing is about you, you document them. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I remember when I originally started documenting my dating life, it was when, you know, the whole global panini thing that's happening. Um, it was basically when that started, like my job became non-existent, like all the festivals, everything that I was doing stopped. It like halted. And I was like, right, I've just moved back in with my parents. I've broken up with my ex of five years. I have no prospects and I'm not going anywhere. How the fuck am I going to make my life interesting now? And I was like, listen, I'm a single girl in my 20s. It doesn't get much more exciting like that. And that's kind of where the birthplace of like cocktails and like sharing my dating experiences on the internet came from. So what is cocktails? 
So <laughs> cocktails is where we drink and talk shit about cock. Um, but generally speaking, I just thought that like a lot of the time, you know, men generally have this like dating I guess like story that they roll with that the women is always like the psychopath, but like no one actually sheds light on what's actually happening behind the scenes. And I was like, listen, I'd listen to that shit. Like I know how crazy things get. Like I can be a psycho, but also like so can other people. Like I, at least I know I'm a psycho, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And what value do you think that would provide to female listeners so I think it's funny because I always thought that I was gonna like I don't really know what I thought I was gonna accomplish with it like I was honestly just like putting it out there to kind of see what happened um and I think it actually turned out like really well like a lot of my followers are friends now or like I've had a lot of really good good experiences or like had a lot of relatability in the sense that like you know no one just sees this like hot girl on the internet anymore. Like I'm more than that now. Or like people will come to me for advice or like, you know, I have conversations about what sex toys you should be using. Like these are things that like actually interest me. And I think kind of give depth to being an Instagram influencer, if you will. And that's probably the result of you having that mindset that you want to redefine the assumptions that come along with definitely I think it's part of that and also like just redefining where like women stand in the dating world I think like generally speaking you know like I'm I wouldn't say I'm a feminist or not a feminist because I feel like that's so political and it goes into so many levels of so many things um but I think generally speaking like women are generally the bad guy in a lot of situations um and I wanted to kind of just like shed light on like even if we are the bad guy like it's okay to be the bad guy. Like sometimes you just got to pull a Billie Eilish, you know? <laughs> <laughs> what credentials do you have, do you think, to speak about dating online? Or I mean, do I, you need any? I, I mean, I don't know. Um, I probably have the worst dating life in history. So like, I wouldn't necessarily say I have credentials and like it working. Um, I would say generally speaking, like I get hired to talk on like sexual wellness things and like talk about like, just like living life and like why you should be dating and like what that brings to the table. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that you like have to t- have credentials to talk about your own dating life. Like I'm not really talking about other people's dating life, more my own. Um, and just kind of like sharing my experiences because I think like I have some pretty <laughs> weird fucking experiences with my dating life. <laughs> like honestly, it's shocking sometimes. Um, but also like I've learned from the failures, you know, like you always take something out of a relationship, whether it blows up in your face or works out well. Interesting. Yeah. What do you think makes a man from a female point of view universally attractive? I've got some statistics here that I want to read out to you. Okay, let's and I hear want, I want you to th- <laughs> Either say yes or no to whether you agree with them or not. Okay, okay let's go. So guys who shave their facial hair had 74% of right swipes on Tinder, according to Joe. No, I love a beard. Fuck that. Wrong. 5% of women are attracted to a guy's height. Yeah. Five, 5%? No, I'd say more. Like, if a guy is in over six feet, I don't deal with him. I, I've dated short guys before. They have short man syndrome. It's a whole fucking thing. No. Shout out to my fellow short guys. <laughs> I've got your back. We don't need a Robin. We don't need a Robin. It's not like it's just a personal preference because I've had bad experiences with short men. It's not all short men are bad. It's just 
listen, if I can pick a height, it's like build, build a man, you know, like instead of build a bear, build your person. So I aim for, for the sky, aim for the stars. I love it. Out of 382 college students, only about 4% of women would date men shorter than them. See, I'm telling you. So those stats don't align. It's a short man thing. Of 5,481 men and women surveyed, 58% of women want a guy who makes them laugh. Yeah. No, I won't date someone if they're fucking boring. Like, <laughs> I need a sense of humor. I'm like, I want you to have the same wit that I do. Like, if you're not funny, why am I talking to you? Women were three times more likely to give their phone numbers to men walking their dogs yeah. rather than men walking alone. A hundred percent. A dog makes, no matter who you are, a dog is an approachable thing. Like, say someone was walking their cat in the park. That's not a fucking approachable situation. If you've got a French bulldog with a little sweater on, of course that's an approachable situation. If you're a dude and you're looking to meet people in real life, walk your fucking dog in cute parks. I quite like listening to podcasts on like evolutionary psychology and I wonder if there's some sort of signal when totally. a girl sees a guy walking a dog looking after something that looks like a kind of a kind of a strong trait. That yeah, they the have some sort of responsibility other than just themselves. I love that. And lastly, 45% of women in Cambridge find men who play guitars irresistible. Yeah, I would agree. They're good with their hands. That was an easy yes. Shout out to Paul who plays guitar. Shout out to me who plays guitar. <laughs> men are thriving. 10 out of 10. So what do you think, um, based on those statistics and your own assumptions, what do you think universally makes men attractive? I think a good sense of humor. Like, hands down, good sense of humor. I think... Um, having some sort of drive, you know, like in life, you don't want to date like a, a loser. Like you want to date someone that has the same drive as you. Um, I think someone that's supportive, especially for me, like I find a lot of time when I date men, it's a really intimidating process for them. Mostly because like one, I travel a lot. Two, I do really well for myself. Three, like I'm pretty sure of what I want. Like I don't want to fuck around. I don't want the games. Um, so I think, yeah, like having someone that's like supportive, sure of themselves, and funny funny is really really good also someone that like likes good food like give you a bad food taste nah <laughs> i can't do that i wonder if again that is like an evolutionary psychology thing if you see if you're on a date and you see someone um waver over a menu not knowing what they want perhaps that's like a signal of what's to come in the relationship yeah i mean i'm super indecisive but what i'll do is i'll like pre-plan where i'm going and i'll like look at the menu ahead of time so that way i like i know what i want you know so on the flip side to that, what do you think makes a woman universally attractive to a man? Um, I think probably the same. I mean, I don't really understand male psychology because it's confusing at best of times. Um, but I would say like probably a sense of humor, like someone with a drive that like doesn't want to be a trophy wife, you know, like someone that's funny and interesting, someone that like brings something to the table. My parents always said like you want to marry your best friend. And so I think in terms of like for me, even if I'm to get into a relationship again, I'd want to marry my best friend. Like I don't want to date someone or be with someone that like I can't tell everything to or like hang out with or like laugh with. And from the outside in, being a heterosexual man, I would just presume that's the same for male to male and female to female relationships? I mean, I think so. Like, generally speaking, I mean, sex is different, obviously, if you're having sex with a girl and you're a girl. Um, but generally, like, the actual psychology of it 
seems really similar. Um, I recently came out as bi. I've been bi for like ever, but like didn't publicly talk about it really because I didn't necessarily know how to like navigate the politicalness of all that. Um, and I just think like generally it's just like who you're attracted to. Like there's no not. I mean, if you look at my exes, there's people that I obviously go for. Um, but there's not one type of person that I'm attracted to. And I don't think anyone necessarily is. Interesting. Since 2008, the amount of men in the United States who haven't had sex before their 30s That's has tripled. That's shocking. Why do you think that is? <sighs> so many reasons. I mean, I think, I think a lot of people think of sex as like this really... Like, it, it is obviously a really intimate moment, but I think generally, like, no one talks about the fun of sex. Like, no one has that sort of, like, education. So I don't think you're, like, brought up to think of sex as, like, a fun thing. Like, that's not what we're raised to know in school. Um, So I think that I also think, like, Americans are, like, kind of weird. I mean, they have questionable things going on at best of times. Um, So that's probably why. I also think that a lot of guys just, like, if you're not confident, like that shows. So I think that's probably part of it as well. And like, if you're living with your mom in your basement, like you're probably not going to get laid. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I thought perhaps it was more to do with online dating culture, to be honest. I thought perhaps. Oh God, that's, uh, that's a whole other monster, which, isn't it? Which is, which is strange. Like it probably isn't true. And I have no research on this, but you'd think um, Tinder, Hinge, Bumble, et cetera, would catalyze the amount of casual sex but i actually think it's probably reduced it in some aspects because people now have a catalog of people to choose from so they might compare one match to the next then the first yeah. match is not as attractive as the second but then they can't have sex or uh, meet the second one but then discard the first and i think it's maybe like a status game like a catalog searching process and because they're benchmarking is. so many different potential partners the amount of they're screwing themselves yeah they're screwing themselves not it's like self-sabotage definitely i think too like generally speaking um when you look online you like always try and find like the best of the best like you think that you're i think a lot of people have like a god complex generally speaking and they're not like willing to settle for certain things or like they're not willing to kind of bend or be you know compromise on certain things and i think like Generally, I know that I date online, but like I hate online dating culture. I'll be the first to say it. I hate it. I think it's like chaos Why? at best of times. Um, I just think that generally like it takes out like the social point of it, right? So like you lose that aspect of like meeting someone in person and then having to figure out all that shit. Like I generally don't give out my Instagram anymore because people will look at my Instagram and they'll think whatever they're going to think depending on what they see at that point in time. So like could be me in a lingerie photo or could be me like, you know, working. Um, but I've had guys like tell me that if they dated me, like they wouldn't allow me to fucking post lingerie photos on Instagram. I was like, this isn't up for fucking debate. Like, this is my job. Um, so I think generally it makes people seem a lot more interesting than they actually are. Yeah, I agree. Um, I used to use online dating. Um, don't use it anymore. And I think, <laughs> I, I think some of my observations of it is that I found myself not being better, but presenting better. Yeah, and I mean, it's all a numbers game. When you look at like Tinder and Hinge and Bumble, like it's not necessarily about the quality. Like no one goes on fucking Tinder thinking they're going to be not the love of their life. Like it's all about numbers. You play the numbers game, you see how many you get, and then you decide where to go from there. 
And I think perhaps some of the people that I have regarded as unattractive on the app would be very attractive in real life. And that's based on such things as the way they dance in a nightclub. Totally. Their quirks, the way they wink when they tell a funny joke. But you don't get any of those unique traits. You can't replicate that on Tinder. And I think perhaps I've disregarded so many potential future waves because um, Tinder is just a vehicle in which you present yourself that looks more appealing from the outside in than presents more substance to the character that you actually are yeah I think totally I agree with that but I also think like right like I'm a photographer so like I'm gonna put my hottest fucking photos up there I've had people that literally think I'm a catfish like and then they'll meet me and they're like oh you're better looking in person you're shorter than I thought you were I was like what do you think it's it it's the internet don't believe everything you see this isn't (laughs) rookie hour some people may not be on dating apps or familiar with dating apps can you keep off them (laughs) stay away can you give me a lowdown of what each of them are and what the typical crowd and ambiance of each one totally um so i really like bumble personally because that's like a girl orientated app so essentially like a woman gets to say yes or no so they get to start the conversation tinder listen if you're on tinder that's where you go for casual sex you were i mean you get a lot of options but i can't say any of the people that i've met on tinder have been like quality people um hinge i really like and they actually recently i'm i'm not on the dating apps but i saw that they recently came out with a feature where you can put like voice notes which i thought was like really cool in terms of like personalizing things um and then the last one like there's obviously gay ones as well but i don't know all of them i know that there's like grinder and a few of my friends are on like the girl versions of them but i don't actually know what they are because i'm just not with the times anymore um also there's like raya which is for like famous people but listen famous people will slide into your dms if you have photos anyways so (laughs) (laughs) let's hope this podcast blows up and i have i don't know uh, you know what i think I think my Instagram has done a lot of dating for me as well. (laughs) Like I didn't even try, but like, you know, people will like message you and be like, hey, you want to go out? And I'm like, yeah, or or no. (laughs) I often thought, I heard this approach on a dating podcast not too long ago. Totally. And it was, if you see someone on Tinder that you really, really find attractive and they have their Instagram attached to the follow them yeah follow them and message them on there opposed to messaging them on tinder and apparently the reason behind that is because from a status point of view and a reputational point of view um you could be from tinder but because you could be the most attractive person on tinder but if you're up against an average person who's messaged on instagram you're often degraded below them because you're from tinder because it has these connotations right so i'd use a different tactic just because i've i've known it to work in the past people take notes yeah so this is the time to shine people take out your notepads grab a pencil grab a pen open your note apps who cares um basically what i've done when i have wanted someone on instagram that i've seen um or tinder i'll like go on their instagram i'll follow them but then i start liking their things so i don't like like i have a strategy as to how i like things so i'll I'll like like an older picture i like about five pictures so i like something that's new i'll like something that like shows their personality i'll like an older picture and then i'll like two random ones and i'll just kind of wait and see what happens so if they start liking my pictures back i'm like uh okay i see you you see me now we can talk and then i'll slide in someone's dm so i like wait until 
it's reciprocated before sending a message. I just think it's like, it's less creepy. I mean, people found my Instagram without me putting it before. Um, so I think from that sense, it's more of like a privacy boundary for me rather than anything. Do you think that same approach would work uh, when the male does it to the female? Absolutely. You- yeah? Absolutely. That is how many male have slid into my DMs. Mm, interesting. Yeah. yeah. What's the funniest or best opener that you have seen? <laughs> well, um, I mean, I don't know if this is the best opener that I've seen. Definitely the funniest. Um, so I get a lot of dick hellos, which is essentially when someone just sends you a picture of their dick with like no context. You've never spoken to them before, like nothing. <laughs> um, I had this dude that he actually like matched with my friend and we figured out that this is like kind of his MO is he just like sends a dick picture. However, like at this point I was talking about how like nudes are done tastefully. Like there is an art to nude. Like you can't just like take a photo and be like, listen, here I am. Um, so this guy like sent me a dick picture and I like, I screenshot everything. Like, listen, <laughs> fuck you. If you're going to send me a random dick shot, I'm for sure going to screenshot it. So it went in the group chat. Fine. So be it. Um, but also he asked me to rate his dick. And I was like, this is the weirdest conversation <laughs> I've ever had in my life. I was like, dude, if you're like 30 and you're asking me to rate your dick, you have a lot of problems. <laughs> like, do a lot better. Of insecurities too, right? Yeah, but like also, I was like, you have just opened the fucking Pandora's box, dude. Like, you've you've sent me a dick picture and expected me to react well to this. <laughs> like, not me. So I uh, Did you reply? It I, looks like it's got a really good personality. No, I tore him a new one. I was like, listen. Dude, you're in your 30s, and if you're sending me your dick picture, let's start with that. Let's let's break this down. And I was like, the psychology of that is questionable at best. And I was like, next up, let's talk about the actual aesthetics of this photo, right? <laughs> like, there's no fucking, there's no scale. How do I know how big your dick is? What if it's a tiny dick? You have no scale. I was like, you need to have a scale for size. Put a banana, put a TV remote, put your hat, put something. And then I was like, listen, let's talk about lighting. Problematic. Don't shoot a dick photo in yellow lighting. If you're going to take a dick photo, use natural lighting face towards the window. Like, don't be backlit. This is common sense in photography. People do better. So I was like, the lighting off. Basically, I'd give it a three out of ten. <laughs> Presentation, also horrible. <laughs> and then I like ripped him apart on my stories and he was like really upset. And I was like, listen, I was upset to be assaulted with a fucking dick picture at eight in the morning. Oh, happy breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Eat up, bitches. <laughs> oh, amazing. So if that's not the approach to take, what is a good, what is a good tinder look like for a male i I created one this morning just to send you screenshots so you could uh roast it or compliment it online but what is a good i love um, that you think i'm gonna compliment your (laughs) tinder profile that's sweet of you (laughs) what is a good tinder look like please just say mine stroke my eagle come on (laughs) perfect however like listen if we're gonna like If we're going to break it down, let's look through David's Tinder photos, peeps. Okay, so. This was for content purposes only. First one is him looking at a pizza. And my immediate thought was, listen, 
look at me like you look at pizza. You look like you're in love with the pizza. And I love that. So it says David, 23, he's wearing a gray camo turtleneck-y sweater with this pizza that's half meat and half onions and then half cheese. And his quote is, I've met the queen, podcast host, suffering ginger and an avid boxer, right? So the next one, me and my friend were looking at this. We did like a whole analysis. The next one is a sweater that you're wearing. Man, I love this sweater. Um, Also, hipster vibes. Hipster fuckboy vibes is what I get from this, which I love for you. But you've also put like your activities as Working out, grabbing a drink, coffee, reading. No one cares if you like reading. Don't <laughs> put that in your fucking Tinder. I like this one. This this one, you can't see it. Maybe he'll like insert it in post. But you're like traveling. You look cool. I like the rings. I applaud the rings. Good choice. They look cool. There's one of you in a tux. You look very Bond. Lighting, 10 out of 10. Photo pose, eh, could work on it. <laughs> However... The effort was there. This one is you just wandering around Glasgow. You look like a boss, but you're wearing socks with bands, which is questionable. That would be a red flag for me. Very sock boy vibes. However, your socks are currently pretty cool. Then there's one of you looking down. Your hair is snatched. 10 out of 10. I have no reflection on that one. Um, And then there's one of you in a bed with some sort of award. My question is, why are you in a bed? Um, At what point was that the the photo moment? It was to recreate Robert Lewandowski when he won. I forget what trophy it was, but he he does that pose in a bed with an award, and I just thought it was. I mean, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I like it. I like the black and white. It shows that you're creative. Yeah, you're a boy living on the. You're edge. only saying this because you're on my show. If this was offline, I would be on the floor in bits. <laughs> Probably. However, I think I was generally really nice. I think that your profile looks good. What makes up a good profile is showing, okay, first off, don't have a dick picture. Don't have a photo of you shirtless in a mirror. Listen, we all make fun of that. Don't have a photo of you and your fucking friends as like all the photos. Listen, if I see that, I automatically assume that you're the least attractive person in that group. I don't even (laughs) dig. I look at them and I'm like, listen, that's dude. See you later. Um, I think generally for guys, the biggest like red flags are gym photos, shirtless photos, um, any sort of like pub photo. I think that's like a no go, especially if it's like you and your mate with like a beer looking like you're happy. Fuck boy. Red flag all around. Run. Um, I think another one that's a red flag for me is like a hiker. Like if someone only (laughs) has like, no, listen, if someone only has photos of them standing on top of a mountain, like what does that life look like for you? Like, are you going to wake me up at 5 a.m. and try and get me to go hiking? Get fucked. Please no. Um, I think just like having a general, like, like make your photos your personality. Like have a bit of personality. If you're funny, have that in there somehow. If you're hot, make sure you show off your assets in a less uncreative way than posting a shirtless photo. Please no more of that. So what assumptions would you make of me based on my profile? That you work in accounting. (laughs) Or that you're a finance bro. I would say accounting or finance bro, but like hipster with like a creative side, you know? I would change a few things, but it's honestly not as bad as I expected it to be. I expected it to be worse. But I also think like, I think you're much more fun in person. So I don't necessarily think that your Tinder profile 
shows that. Oh, interesting. So conversely, what do you think makes a strong female profile? I think the same thing. Like show your personality, be funny, like have something in your bio that's like interesting or like a talking point that someone can like open a line with. Like if you give them nothing, you're going to get nothing. Listen, hot people can do it where they have nothing but hot photos of themselves. It's great. But that also shows that they're literally just a hot person with no personality. It's boring as fuck. Like have something of depth on there but like also don't get too deep because you're on a dating app i love it <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love it what's the best tinder date that you've ever been on um i have a lot of really good tinder dates that i've actually been on but i would probably say he's my ex-boyfriend now so like problematic of best of times and there were so many reasons um but when i first met my boyfriend um i flew over from Canada to London to meet him like we had been talking for months and months um so that was really cool I've like had people like come to dinners with me and stuff like that so that's been cool I think like generally my dating life is actually like pretty fun despite the chaos of it all what fundamental piece of advice would you give someone that wants to mirror your career and digital content creation what's the first step and what fundamental advice would you give work work a lot and network a lot like make sure you get FaceTime I think that's something that a lot of people forget about because everything's like online but like meeting someone in person has such an impact on people like meet them talk to them network with them become their friend like learn what they like and then you know relate to them everyone wants human connection whether it's in business or relationships so definitely like work on your relationship skills and based on that then what piece of advice would you give someone who's never been on a first in-person date? What advice would you give them? Go on one. Even if you're scared, just go on them. I get nervous for every single date that I go on, whether I know they're going to be good or not. Like, just go. <laughs> just that, go. I think similar to every other aspect of life, prepare to fail on a date. Like, prepare for it to go shit because... I mean, you, you can definitely fail on a date yeah. if we're rating them. Yeah, you can fail on a date, but but, but you also learn. You, you must learn more about yourself through failing from dates. You learn what totally. you like, what you don't like, what you find attractive, what you find unattractive, what people find attractive about you, and what people despise about you. I and agree. then you can present a better, more comprehensive version of yourself that includes your interests and the things that you're attracted to within totally. that package to your next date. Yeah, and, and fail again, and fail again, and fail again, and eventually you'll find. Another failure, but then you'll find someone that's... That's exciting and thrilling. But I do think failure is like such an important part of life, just like in dating and in work as well. What's next for Robin Jones? <laughs> well, I'm recording a podcast this week. Woo. Shout out to uh, <laughs> all. Um, I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm recording a podcast. I have some TV segments coming up. Cocktails is getting a rebrand, so that's going to be a fun time. Um, there's going to be a new name change. There's going to be some thrilling stuff on there. I'm just like working my ass off. i traveling a lot more, which will be thrilling as well. And more London because I love a big city. I'll meet you there. Now that I've downloaded Tinder today, I don't know if I'll keep it around, but... Please do. If I have any funny, funny stories, I'll share with them. Share them with you to share on uh, cocktails or the rebrand of cocktails. <laughs> Hopefully they're not as um, traumatic as some of yours. But Robin, honestly, it was a pleasure to meet you over a month ago and I'm glad we made this happen. Thank you. Me too. Thanks for having me.